Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. Sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I am your host today, BJ Cunningham. I'll be joined co-host Anthony DeBundo here in a second as we take a jaunt around the round of 16 for the Women's World Cup. But first, as a reminder, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with the promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 years or older. Offers available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa in the United States. Gambling problem? Please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. It's been a, a little bit of a chaotic Women's World Cup here to get to the round of 16. We've seen quite a few upsets. You know, one of the tournament favorites, Germany, crashed out. You know, we, we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit for the Morocco to advance ticket. Uh, you know, me and Anthony both had it at 50-1. to 1. But... It sets up for a very, very interesting round of 16. You know, teams like the United States and Spain did not win their group, but like we thought they did. So now it creates, you know, especially for the United States, a great match here against Sweden. But let's set things up before we get into all the individual matches. Here are the future odds that are coming to us always by our friends at Bet365. England is now your tournament favorite at plus 275. The United States sitting at plus 450, Spain as well, sitting at plus 450, France, 7 to 1, Japan, 8 to 1, the Netherlands, 12 to 1, Australia, also 12 to 1, Sweden, still at 20 to 1, just like they were to begin the tournament, Colombia, 25 to 1, Norway, 66 to 1, Denmark is 100 to 1, Switzerland, Jamaica, and Nigeria are all 150 to 1, and South Africa and Morocco are both 
250 to one. And there's only one place we can naturally start here. The United States of America has a very, very difficult match against Sweden to open up here in the round of 16. The United States is a plus 120 favorite. Sweden sitting at plus 250 with the draw at plus 220. The United States is minus 175 to advance, while Sweden is plus 125 to advance at bet 365. Anthony, the United States, if you look at it through through the uh you know the, the non-underlying lens, it looked like they were not that great in the group stage. They didn't dominate like everybody thought they did. Does that man itself manifest itself here in the round of 16 are they gonna be able to get through here against sweden or do you think they're going home yeah i think the discourse has gotten a little crazy now uh the united states defensively was still in the, in the round of uh, in the group stage uh, they conceded you know 0.7 expected goals in the entirety of the group stage which was the second best number of any team uh so you know i don't want to overreact to uh you know what was some certainly lackluster tactical displays some really inefficient final third performances uh, but it also is is concerning because it's not new. These are problems that have existed for the United States uh, pretty much most of Vladko Andonovsky's tenure, and they haven't really looked towards solving that problem. Uh, it's not rocket science what the Dutch and the Portuguese did to the United States. They put an extra player in midfield, and the United States was unable to keep possession. They were really unable to sustain possession at all against Portugal, which is pretty alarming given the talent gap between the two nations. And, uh, you know, the bet was that when they won the ball, they could be very efficient and score. Uh, and they couldn't, they, they didn't create a ton of chances. They didn't create uh, at the level you'd expect. It was a lot of half chances, uh, no clear cut scoring opportunities from the center of the penalty area. Alex Morgan was a little bit off. Sophia Smith in the NWSL plays centrally occupies zone 14 right outside the penalty area is so elite at bringing the ball into the box and scoring. We saw a little bit of that against Vietnam, but we didn't see any of that against the Dutch and the Portuguese. She was pretty much shifted into the wide areas, double teamed, not really a factor. Uh, and the result of that, you know, gave room for Rose Lavelle to do some work in the middle, but Rose Lavelle is now suspended for this, for this matchup against Sweden. So the Swedes are, are good on set pieces. They're, they're experienced. They have players playing at top teams in Europe. They beat the United States three zero in the Olympics in 2021, which I thought was the first match where I was starting to be a little concerned long-term about the U S women's national team. And everybody's heard Carly Lloyd's comments. I think, you know, it, it can be a little overblown, I don't think the U.S. is like happy with the draw. They were, you know, the the, the post match stuff, um, but I think that the tactical issue is one that's going to really be difficult to solve against another elite team. And this is this is a, a Swedish team that's better than the Dutch. It's better than Portugal. Yep, it has more attacking firepower. So I, I think they're in real danger here of going out. Uh, and I think this is a little close to a coin flip than maybe the market is suggesting. And the market has moved towards Sweden as well. U.S. Open minus one ten. They're now plus money on the money line. Uh, they were as high as two minus 200 to advance. They're now down to about minus 175, 160, like you mentioned. Uh, you can find Sweden plus 140 to advance. I like that. I think this is relatively close to a coin flip. U.S. slight favorites just based on talent and 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 record and you know priors. They they still count for something. But uh, yeah, Sweden uh, did a, a nice job in, in winning their group. They had some struggles at times, but. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be a really interesting match. I'm excited for it. 5 a.m. Sunday. Uh, and it, it'll be really tight. Yeah, I agree. So the one thing, you know, obviously the United States talent wise is better than everybody else in the world. But the gap, like we said before, the World Cup is really close. And this is going to be one of those matches where you kind of see it. You know, Sweden was able to rest some of their players in the final match. 
because they had already pretty much wrapped up the group, you know, Rolfo sat for them, a couple other key players sat for them to get them rested here for this. While, you know, the United States, the one thing that's been concerning for me is just, you know, obviously they've created 7.8 expected goals in the group stage. A lot of that came against Vietnam and especially against Netherlands, which is a good comparison to what, you know, Sweden's obviously better than Netherlands, but it's the closest comparison that we have so far in this world cup. I mean, the United States, even that flurry that they had at the end, they didn't create a shot with an XG over 0.15. Like it was just a bunch of long range chances. And in total for the match, the United States against the Netherlands had 0.9 XG off of 18 shots. That's incredibly inefficient. And like you mentioned with Rose Lavelle, not being in the, in the, uh, the team because she's suspended. Now that also works against the United States. They've obviously been just trying to funnel the ball to Sophia Smith and just hasn't been working. So Sweden is also this team that can play, can be very versatile tactically. Like they don't, they're a team that doesn't have to have the ball. They don't need to be this, like a team like Spain that needs to have possession. They can, they can sit deep and they can counter and they have very talented players who can do that. So I am with you. I'm going to be on Sweden to advance at plus 140. Uh, unfortunately, I think the United States is going home. I mean, this is uh, this is a, not a great matchup for them. And like we've already mentioned, the market is just still a little too high here on the United States. Yeah, I've, I've heard from a bunch of people that are just like, why are they still the second favorite? Like, do people really think that they could do this? They for sure could. Yeah. Like, keep in oh, mind, sure. this, this is a United States women's team that Played a quarterfinal and a semifinal last year at the last, or excuse me, last cycle at the World Cup, and was not better than than France and England in those matches. They won them, but they weren't outplaying them. I mean, they they came down to the moments. But this is the kind of team, given how they're constructed and given who they're relying on, uh, with Morgan being past her prime and and Smith and Rodman maybe not being, I don't want to say ready because that that that's cliche, but like not having that experience that that does matter. And I think that that at the margins. This women's national team is just not as good, even if the underlying like meat and potato stuff is still good. Uh, they're 20th in past completion rate in the group stage. We said that with we had Anna Witte on. We did a, a YouTube video with her discussing like this match, and you know she she, she guessed 22nd. I thought she was going to guess way higher. And she, I, you know if you watch them, you can kind of pick up on it. They couldn't sequence together passes. This yep. is the supposed to be the best team in the world. I know that they're playing this more direct style, like quick strike, but you should still be able to do a much better job of keeping possession against Portugal than they were uh, 20th in, in passes uh, completion rate is just alarming. Uh, and and then outside the top five in box entries and carries. And, and so, you know, it's just all kinds of uh, concerning yeah. stuff about them. Wanna... And they, played, they played a good second half against the Dutch, but it's not like they created it. Like you said, mm -hmm. Robin had the one big chance. They scored off the corner. It wasn't like they were, you know, world beaters chance after chance peppering the goal. Uh, it, it didn't feel that way, even if Here's, they were able to really press. Right. Here's a little trivia question for Anthony. So one of the metrics that we like to use, especially for evaluating teams about how possession dominant they are. And I understand, like you said, the United States is playing more direct. Do you want to guess how many 10 plus pass sequences the United States has so far this world cup? Well, the Vietnam match, they probably had a lot, but they didn't even complete that many passes against Vietnam in a row. They were at like yeah. 65% in that match. Uh, I think I'll go with 12. Four. Wow. They are 20th in the World Cup. That is crazy. Plus past sequences. Yeah, that, that, that kind of That is a little point. crazy. So I don't know if, I mean, you know, even if you go back to that match in the Olympics in 2021, I mean, the possession was pretty even. It was basically 50-50 and Sweden outshot. United States had more XG. So like this Sweden is not- Sweden led most of that match. Yeah. They led early. 
Yeah. I know this is not you just your normal United States that is just going to put a stranglehold on possession and and just take over the match. So and especially without Lavelle, like we already mentioned, it's going to be very very difficult for the United States to create a bunch of high quality chances here. So we are both on the Swedes. With that being said, I mean if you do like Sweden, I think that they're certainly live in the outright markets. Uh, I you know we both have outright tickets, so I'm not adding more necessarily, but twenty to one with that being the preterminate pre flop number, there's nothing that they to their own level that that's made me think they're any different. Uh, obviously the path is difficult, like Japan or Norway looms in that quarterfinal. And both of those teams are capable of being Sweden, mm-hmm. uh, the probably Spain or the Dutch in the semis. Like it's not going to be easy, but at this point, uh, at 20 to one, I, I would only take two or three teams over the Swedes necessarily, uh, in terms of on a neutral field, probably three, maybe four teams over Sweden. Yeah. Just true talent. Yep, exactly. All right. Let's move on to. The very first match to open up the round of 16, this is Saturday at 1 a.m. Eastern time, Switzerland taking on Spain. Spain is a minus 250 favorite. Switzerland sitting at plus 750 on the money line with a draw at plus 350. Spain is minus 600 to advance. Switzerland is plus 400 to advance. I do have a pick on this game, but first, do you have any thoughts on what should be, I think, a, a really a slog of a match to begin the round of 16? Yeah, well, this is, um, you know, Spain, Spanish heritage, right? They had yep. uh, 72% of the ball in the first half against Japan. They were down 2-0. Yep. It, it was just, uh, you know, we may be we may be just one-hit wonders as a podcast because yep. at the Men's World Cup, we rode Japan and Morocco as our, as two of our favorite underdogs. And uh, <laughs> and Japan wins the group. You had a, I think you had a 5-1. to one. I, I was I too did. cowardly to bet it. Uh, and then, you know, I think you took the money line. I was also too cowardly to bet oh, yeah. against, against Spain. I went all, I went all in again. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, they did us. it and it was pretty routine. <laughs> now I, I think the biggest question mark with that match one, it's a little too on the nose. Like, yeah, Spain has that problem when they, when they lose the ball because they're not used to, they're so used to having the ball, they're immediately vulnerable in transition and, and Japan ripped them apart. Japan also did score four goals on five shots on target yep, and yep. had like one XG. So, you know, it wasn't as bad as the scoreline suggests. They didn't get played off the park by the Japanese. Yeah. Um, and also I, I I do wonder like, what was the the motivation for Spain? You know, were right. they focused on winning that match or was it more of just like, a, ah, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to play, we're going to get our players some minutes. We're going to see what happens. But if we lose... It's not really a big deal. Like the draw is not meaningfully different. I'd argue the draw is easier now uh, yeah, because yeah. they get Switzerland instead of Norway and they avoid the US Sweden quarterfinal. So I think the draw kind of worked out for them. Spain, in terms of like trying to go deep now, um, they don't seem to have suffered any of the off the field issues that we talked about pre tournament uh, and yeah. that could potentially have been an issue. Now we don't know. We're not in the camp. You know, maybe this loss will unsettle them. Certainly possible when you get embarrassed like they did mm-hmm. uh, on the scoreline. But in terms of this matchup, like Switzerland is also a team that wants the ball. Yep. Switzerland, it's kind of extremely similar to the men's teams where it's like Switzerland wants to have the ball. Spain wants to have the ball, but Spain has much better players. They're going to be able to exert themselves. But in terms of the way Spain plays, it does just kind of make them vulnerable. So if you if you like Switzerland, I think you have to chase a price on them. Like I don't want the plus one and a half here. I, I want like a to get it to extra time or to win like a money line or to advance. I want to chase the bigger price because once Spain gets the lead, they're able to strangle the possession and then you switch one has to come out. Like it, it's not a great matchup in theory, but uh, I think Spain, you know, just the nature of how they play makes them vulnerable in this kind of setting. 
um, even though they have so much attacking talent and their numbers in the first two matches, I know we don't really think much of Costa Rica and Zambia anymore, but like those two matches were so dominant mm-hmm. uh, between Japan and Spain, both that uh, I have no bet here, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to see this play out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like the under two and a half, the best price you can find out of is minus minus one twenty. Like you mentioned, Switzerland is a team that needs to have the ball and they're not a team like Japan that can just rip teams apart in transition. Like once they get the ball, they slow things down. They set up like, you know, these hexagonal passing, <laughs> tri- passing lanes to you know build up very slowly and coming into the world cup, they really struggled in the final third. And I understand they scored two goals against uh, the Philippines and created 3.1, but they weren't that effective against Norway. I mean, they barely were able to create one expected goal on eight shots. And then against New Zealand, they were just playing for a draw and they did absolutely nothing. So coming into this match now, you know, they are kind of a blend out of possession where they can come out and press, but so far this world cup, I mean, their passes per defensive action is 13, which is one of the lowest in, in the yeah. entire world cup. So I don't see them coming out and being like, you know, well, we're going to press Spain. We're going to try to win the ball. Like that's just not going to work. So I feel like they're going to sit very, very deeply sit, very compact. You know, what's funny, Anthony, is that Switzerland, you know, we talked about 10 plus pass sequences, in the United States, the Swiss lead the world cup. 38 10 plus pass sequences crazy. <laughs> through the group stage, which is just crazy. Just showing. And yet they only scored two them. goals. Exactly. And both and of them came the against the Philippines. And that's the point is like, you can pass the ball all you want, but if you can't create high quality chances, it doesn't mean anything. Same thing with Spain, the match against Japan, they, they attempted 948 passes. They held 76% possession. They got 10 shots and 0.7 XG. Like that's go it. Go pull up, go pull up the, the exact stats of the Japan Spain group stage match in the men's world cup. Exactly. You laugh because I think Spain completed like a thousand passes that day. And they I were know. just Rodri passing it to uh, whoever the, I'm forgetting who the other center back was, but yeah. it was just those two passing it back and forth. And then anytime they got into the Japan half, they lost the ball and then were immediately dangerous, like almost out. And right. like Morocco beat them in, not because they were, you know, they got lucky in a way, but like Morocco sat really deep and just kind of absorbed it. And like, yep. if, if Switzerland can do that, I, I agree. Like the Swiss team doesn't have much of an attack. I I, I don't love their matchup here. So yeah, I, I see the look on the under and, and you, you're kind of selling me on it now. So maybe yeah. I'll join. So I'll be on the under. I mean, the, the thing is, is like the pace of this match is going to be the slowest that I think you'll see throughout the entire round of 16. I don't think you're going to see anything that's just such a slog, slow buildup style. And these, look, listen, these two teams are going to play very, very uh, conservatively. You know, once we get into this match, they're going to want to hold the ball. And, you know, maybe if Spain scores first, Switzerland will come out. But I don't really see that, like, you know, given their style of play. So under two and a half goals and minus 120 for me. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. 
and Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Let's move on to the next match, Japan versus Norway. This is Saturday at 4 a.m. Eastern time. Japan, after a really impressive group stage from them, maybe the most impressive team of the group stage, they are sitting at minus 125. Norway is sitting at plus 375. The draw is at plus 250. Uh, Excuse me, Japan is minus 275 to advance norway sitting at two to one to advance we are both uh aligned here on the same thing i think we just both think that japan has gotten a little overvalued based on what they did in the group stage yeah let's let's i'm going to shelve the japan talk for now let's talk about norway because they had the first match of this world cup and to be honest like they were flat they weren't great but they didn't play bad and like you can now look look back at every favorite in this tournament every one of them had a game except japan where they did not look quite right like france the first half against jamaica looked terrible brazil had a really poor showing uh, in their last match against jamaica and it cost them the tournament like every team of the big favorites is allowed to have a stinker spain had one england looked really sloppy against haiti only winning one nil we've talked about the united states at length sweden needed stoppage time to get past south africa so Every team that's so France, I talked about France. So every team has had a moment where they haven't quite looked right. And for Norway, it really came in the first match. And I know uh, that they lose the match. There was a controversial uh, VAR decision where they were offside by like a toenail. Uh, and it could have been a one, one game. And if it had been a one, one game, none of us would have sat here and said, Oh, you know, what's wrong with Norway. Um, they have defensive flaws without a doubt. Uh, they conceded 1.7 XG to New Zealand, which is really a red flag. And, um, Switzerland did get to one on them, but they were better than Switzerland. They were yeah. uh, able to route the Philippines without their top strikers. So we can't just throw out our priors. And our priors were that Norway was an overwhelming favorite to win their group, and they were pretty much even money to make the quarterfinals of this tournament. I think you bet it, right? You bet them like plus, plus 120 to make the quarters. And the market was expecting them to be a slight dog to Japan or Spain. Well, now they're a pretty sizable dog yep. to Japan. And I think the market's just overreacted. So... I'm going to play back on Norway plus a half. I think Japan, um, you know, got a dream matchup with Spain in the final match of the group. Now they're, they're everybody's darling, best XG difference, fewest XG allowed, most XG created. Every stat you want to look at from box entries yep. to passes, they're the best team. Do you really think that? I don't. No. Uh, and I think the market is aware of it. Like they're still the sixth betting favorite to win this tournament for a reason. The path mm-hmm. is tough. But yeah, I like Norway plus a half. I think this game is very competitive. Uh, and I think uh, it's going to be back and forth. I, I see this as like a one-one or a two-two kind of game. Get the extra time. You know, maybe Japan's experience wins out in the end, but they're still, you know, overvalued at minus one thirty on the money line, minus you know, two sixty to advance. Kind of yep. crazy. Yeah, I mean, even if you come into this tournament, you look at the future odds to actually win it. I mean, Japan was thirty-three to one, and Norway was fifty to one. Like, it's not like there was this massive gap between them and the odds table. And you know, Norway was a team that I was like, I'm still trying to kind of figure them out. And I was digging a little deeper to them. I mean, their numbers through the group stage are still impressive. Like they're still, you know, they're averaging a little over 19 shots per 90, which is top five in uh, 
the World Cup so far. And it's not like all of those just came against the Philippines. They, I believe they got 12 shots against New Zealand and 15 shots against Switzerland. So, and their average XG per shot has been 0.11, which is the best mark in this entire tournament. So like, and then you dig in a little deeper and like they have the most buildup attacks of anybody in this World Cup. They're top five and 10 plus pass sequences. Like they are controlling the ball very, very well. And, you know, and none of the teams that they played are going to be better are better than, you know, what they'll face in Japan. But still, like Norway is still, the underlying metrics are still very, very good for them. And Japan, like you said, I mean, they put up crazy numbers. Like every stat we can point to says they're, they've been the best team. I'm still, I'm still kind of convinced that Spain, not through the match, but was just like, oh, once we got scored on once, it was like, oh, it's okay if we lose this one because we're clearly going to play Switzerland instead of Norway. And I think that's a very clear statement right there that just that they would rather play Swiss than Norway. So uh, yeah, the price has gotten too high here on Japan. You know, Norway does play a very aggressive style that can leave, lead them to uh, being vulnerable in some transitional opportunities. It happened on the only goal uh, against New Zealand. So um, we'll see who controls more possession here. I think it'll be Norway, but uh, I like Norway to advance. Definitely will be Norway. Yep. I think Norway, I like Norway to advance and I don't hate a look at Norway 66 to one to win this tournament. The path is very, very difficult, tough. but it's tough, but probably toughest of any team, but in terms of the odds comparatively, like, would you rather have Norway at 66 to one or somebody like, I don't know, like Australia, like 12 to one, like, you know, considering the paths that they have. So uh, I like Norway uh, in this match and them 66 to one to win this entire tournament. All right, let's move on to the next match. The Netherlands taking on South Africa, surprisingly getting through to the round of 16, coming back coming back to beat Italy. Netherlands is minus 400. South Africa is 8-1, to one, and the draw is plus 550 on the 90-minute line. The Netherlands is 9-1 to one to advance. South Africa is plus 550 to advance. This match is on Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We're kind of kind of in the same corner here uh, where we kind of do like the South Africa team. This is the USA slot. They got the yep. 10 p.m. Fox was hoping to get that 10 p.m. slot Saturday night. Big turnout. It, was, it would have been USA, South Africa. It would have been probably an easy win. But uh, nevertheless, the Dutch had other ideas. The Dutch were the deserving winners of the group. And that still hasn't really changed my opinion of them. Uh, you know, they had two solid wins against Portugal and obviously they rolled Vietnam. Vietnam looked like they were kind of done in terms of, you know, just kind of run out yeah. of gas. So, you know, I bet against them in that match and I'm probably going to bet against them here. I, I, I'm not going to pretend that to have watched any of South Africa's matches because they did play at 3 AM every single time. <laughs> so yeah. that, that group was really hard to tune in for, but um, the South Africans, like just looking at their underlying profile, you know, you, you can touch on this a little bit more than I can. But like their their defensive solidity, they don't press very much. Like they can sit deep and just make the Dutch try to beat them that way. They're better than Vietnam in, in a defensive block. And they, uh, the Dutch want to have the ball. They will have a lot of the ball in this game. Uh, but the Dutch, for me, still on paper lack that quality in the final third without Miedema. And I think that this is the kind of match where it can show up and, and that they're a little bit more vulnerable. So uh, yeah. the South Africans are an intriguing underdog here. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, listen, they didn't deserve to beat Italy. I mean, Italy, you know, obviously had that terrible own goal and they, you know, the XG bared out that Italy should have won that match. But South Africa does play a style 
where they they like to play very very direct. They sit back in you know four four two two low blocks. They haven't held over forty percent possession in any of their matches in the group stage. While they are incredibly passive because they do have the second lowest passes per defensive action, they you know one of the stats you know when we when we talk about you know teams in the Premier League or whatever when who like to play in low blocks. One of the great stats that we like to use is final third to box entry conversion rate. So if you're going to play passive and you're going to let teams into your final third, how effective are you at keeping them out of your penalty area? South Africa sitting at 24%. That's one of the best marks in this tournament, especially for a, a passive low block like them. And Netherlands, I agree with you. Like my, my opinion really hasn't changed on them just because, you know, they, they beat Vietnam seven, nothing like they, the matches against both Portugal and the United States, they only created a combined 0.9 expected goals in those two matches. Like it wasn't, you know, even the match against Portugal, I understand like they can, they scored early and controlled it from start to finish, but without Miedema, like offensively, they really can't get margin against these decent teams that can play these type of low blocks in South Africa. I mean, for what it's worth, we've got uh, three African teams here in the round of 16. They were the champions of the Africa cup of nations uh, last year. So uh, I like them, you know, the best price you can get there is, you know, plus two at about minus 120, uh, which I think is a, a decent price here. I don't really see the Netherlands getting decent margin um, against the South Africans. Yeah. The Jill uh, Ward uh, golden boot campaign, she's got three and she's only one off the lead and the leader yep. is now out of the tournament. So uh, that'll be interesting, but I, like, you know, like Jill Ward, that's, that's their leading goal scorer yeah, right now. And she's know. like, I don't really think that's going to last. So yeah, uh, the, the production from the Dutch is they're piecing it together. Um, I'd be very surprised if they were able to go give Spain a game. I think that's a really poor matchup for the Dutch. Yeah, I agree. If All they right. Were to get there. Yep. Let's move on to Monday, three 30 AM Eastern time. Your new tournament favorites, England taking on Nigeria. England is minus three thirty four. Nigeria sitting at 10 to one with the draw at plus 245 on the 90 minute line. England is minus 900 to advance while Nigeria is plus 550. I'm passing on this match. Um, I'm not, you know, England has been kind of up and down <laughs> throughout this world cup. Like they weren't that great against Haiti. They still weren't that impressive against Denmark. And then they put six past China uh, in the final match, but they now have more injuries to deal with. So you kind of like a look at it here on Nigeria. Yeah, this is an English team that, like, coming into the tournament with everybody healthy should have been the favorite. Uh, but they lost their top center back, their top striker. They're losing more players now. Uh, Leah Williamson out as well. Like, th there's just a lot to be concerned about with this team. Uh, and I understand that they're now the tournament favorite. That's mostly because of the path. Like, they're going to get Nigeria and then either Colombia or Jamaica. And I would be stunned if they didn't make the semifinals. But I'd be stunned if Nigeria didn't give them a game, too. Uh, I think Nigeria plus one and a half is what I, I've already bet. And I'm, and I like it here minus minus one ten. Uh, the Nigerians showed in their two group matches against Australia and Canada, that they're able to play up against better teams, sit deep, defend and not concede high quality chances. And that for me is enough for me to believe they conceded less than one non-penalty XG to Canada. And then, you know, they conceded 2.2 .2 in the end to Australia, but most of it came after they were already up three to one. So, at the, at the time of the, they're going up three to one, 60 minutes into the game, the XG, they only conceded 0.7. So, and a lot of it came on really low quality shots from the Aussies in the first half of that game. Uh, I think England could have similar issues to breaking them down. I think it's going to be a competitive match. And so uh, I will ride with the Nigerians plus one and a half. Oh, Shola too. Like she wasn't really fit for 
uh, that match against Australia. She came off the bench. She uh, looked fitter and played more in the last match against Ireland and makes me feel like she's kind of rounding into form here. And, and just the way they want to play with her as the striker, like she's probably the best attacking player on the pitch. So they're going to have a chance to sneak one on the counter. So yeah. if you like an eight to one, uh, it's probably my, it, it, I mean, it is my favorite, like long shot of all these crazy underdogs yeah. to get out of this group. And it's, it's Nigeria and um, part of it's the pedigree and manager. And one of the main reasons we were concerned was that there were some off the field things going on with the confederation, but they seem to have figured those things out or at least put them aside for this world cup. So yeah. uh, the Nigerians are my favorite of the like big dogs because um, I don't really count Norway and Sweden as like big underdogs here. Yeah, I agree. It's been the, it's been the underdog World Cup too. Like it has been. Dog there's prices been have been so many. In. There's been so many upsets so far. I think a lot of it is just the markets struggling to price some of these teams. There's not as much. Yeah. Information. I, I, yeah. I mean the well. Here's the here's a different discussion. It's just that like the women's game is a lot different than the men's game. You know because the real you know the reality is is that you know more money is being poured into the game. And there's this, not really say I would like disparity, but like not this uh, cross pollination of leagues where you have the United States and a lot of players playing in the NWSL who just don't play against these teams in Europe and the women's super league, whether it be La Liga or whatever it is. And the market coming into this, I think just struggled the price. Like you said, some of these smaller nations that are only playing friendlies against some of these bigger sides. I mean, if you look at a team like, We'll get to them in a second, but a team like Jamaica, they got routed in every friendly by against good competition coming into this World Cup, and they haven't conceded yet. So it's uh, just, it's, it's been strange. I know we'll get to them in we'll a second. Don't worry, Jamaica. don't worry, we'll get to them. Um, yeah, it's just, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been the the World Cup of the underdog. So let's move on to one of the tournament hosts, Australia. They're taking on Denmark at on Monday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Australia sitting at, is at minus 118. Denmark at plus 375 at the draw at plus 240. Australia is minus 250 to advance with Denmark sitting at plus 175. I, I don't really have anything on this match. I'm still struggling to kind of figure out these teams. I don't know if Sam Kerr yeah. is actually going to play for Australia in this match. He, she sat on the bench for all 90 minutes uh, in their final match against Canada. And yeah, just, I have, I don't, I don't know what to make of Denmark. Like they just weren't impressive at all against China. They got pretty much ran over by England and then, you know, they dominated a, a Haiti team. It looked like they kind of ran out of gas towards the end, but I, I don't I, have any. I didn't even think match. they were that dominant. Like I watched the whole match, yeah. like the first 70 minutes were pretty even for me. Yeah. They got the penalty and then like, it was pretty even Haiti had a better of the chances early in the second half. And then like once Haiti had to really open up and chase the goal, then Denmark unfortunately put that hundred minute goal on us because we had oh. four and a half, but also like had a few other chances and like yeah. was just offside and just a foul. So, but yeah, like what's Denmark because what's Australia. This is the hardest match for me. I don't really have a bet here. I lean toward Australia if you made me bet it, uh, but I don't want to bet them unless I know the Kerr situation because like she didn't play and she missed the first two matches. They ruled her out immediately for the first two matches. Then they said she is available for the third match in some capacity, but she didn't start. And then they were up big at half, so they didn't bring her on. But if they were, like, if she were really fit enough and they were trying to build her fitness, wouldn't they get her out there for 20 minutes? I don't know. Maybe they just run around. That's the thing for me, too. It's like, well, why are they, uh, you know, not getting her minutes? Do they want to, are they worried about re-injury? Or are they, like, and and the fact they didn't get her out there, does that mean that she's not going to be 100% come this match? Because if she's not, it's just, like, not that good of an Australia team. 
like their their attack was pretty mid the first two games against yeah. against uh, Ireland and and Nigeria and then they had a great game against Canada who proved to be a little overvalued and overrated but like we can't really see the elite upside with this team without her so yeah uh, I'm kind of in a holding pattern like yeah. I said I, I can't really bet Denmark here but I would lean toward the Aussies um, at home minus one fifteen like yeah it kind of says these two teams are pretty comparable. I'm yep. not sure about that. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, it's it's really going to come down to both these teams are really, really good in wide areas. Like Denmark has great fullbacks. Same thing with Australia. Australia has great wide midfielders. And But a lot of what Australia is designed around is, you know, they play out of a 4-4-2. They like to get the ball out wide and swinging crosses to Sam Kerr. Well, when she's not in yeah. the pitch like that, becomes kind of a problem. You kind of saw that, especially in their first match against Ireland. Like, they weren't that impressive. They got the penalty but they failed to create over one, you know, non-penalty XG. And then, you know, the match against Nigeria got chaotic and they got exposed in transition. And yeah, it's just, it's a very weird match. And I don't know what to make of these two teams. So I am passing as well. All right, let's move on to, well, what should have been a little bit of a different match. I think this should have been, uh, this should have been Germany versus Brazil, but instead we get Colombia versus Jamaica. Yeah, if the uh, chalk had held, it would have been Brazil, Germany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on or, or or Germany, France. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Instead. So, uh, yeah. So Colombia is a plus one hundred five favorite. Jamaica sitting at three to one with the draw at plus two fifty. Colombia is minus two hundred advance with Japan at plus one fifty to advance. I I like the over here. I. I the thing, another Columbia I'll, over for BJ. Yeah, another Columbia over for me. I'll let you go first because I know you kind of like uh, Columbia in this. Then I'll talk about why I like an over for two teams that just fail to score. Yeah, I'm thinking about landing with Columbia here. I I love Caicedo. I've watched. I've actually watched all of their matches. Um, Group H. I've kind of had a feeling would be an electric factory, and the times were a little more conducive to tuning in. So I have watched uh, all of the Columbia matches, and Caicedo and and Myra. I uh, have been so good uh, in attack, just like running at people and kind of being destructive. And I, I think this Jamaican team, like credit to them for defending deep and defending effectively. They surprised France in the first match. They looked very average against Panama. And then like Brazil was just flat. Like they have not, they haven't got conceded a goal, but they've conceded like 4.8 XG. Like it hasn't been like this like dominant defensive showing. They've only scored one goal. Like they're, they're super lucky to be here. And I think Colombia is just like a, a much more talented team overall and probably doesn't have a ton of problems here. Like Shaw's the big difference maker on paper, but like she hasn't been good either. Yeah. Like they haven't really got anything out of them. So I, I'm kind of just out on this Jamaican team. I think their, their insanity run uh, may come to an end here. Um, but I don't necessarily want to lay the 200, but um, I, I kind of think this is a little bit short. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, I like over two goals or minus 115 is the best price you can find. I know it hasn't manifested itself yet. And even if you look at the XG, it hasn't bared itself out. But Columbia's style of play is just so fun to watch. Like, it is just so chaotic, high pressing. Once they lose the ball, like they have, you know, you mentioned Maya and Kaiseido. Like, they are so good at counter-pressing. It was awesome. It was. Yeah, they're so good at counter-pressing and everything. And that's where I think... It leads me towards, yeah, you know, more of a, a bet on Colombia here as opposed to the over where it's just like, all right, well, how is Japan or excuse me, Japan, Jamaica going to be actually able to play out of the back? Because like, if you look at the match 
with Colombia against South Korea, which is, I think, a, a good comparison here. Like South Korea could not get out of their own end for majority, many, many times. And then once they did, there was just acres of space and they just couldn't you know, do anything with it. Um, Jamaica has, they're lucky to be here. I mean, they haven't conceded a goal off of, they've had 4.1 expected goals. Their keeper has a two plus 2.4 post shot XG plus minus in three matches. Like that's insane. Um, but the one thing I'm, I keeps me coming back to the over is we haven't seen what Jamaica is like when they're playing from behind. They've been very fortunate to be having, you know, zero, zero game States or even playing from ahead against Panama. And they've been able to sit deep and they haven't had to come out and, and press. And then coming to this tournament, they weren't a high pressing team. They were more of a mid block, you know, uh, stay very, very compact. And you mentioned Shaw, you know, I'm interested to see how she gets going in this match specifically, especially if they do fall behind, because if you remember, you know, especially against France, they were just kind of trying to defend for their lives that entire second half and they couldn't get out of their own final third. Then she gets, you know, the second yellow card, gets suspended versus the only team where they actually were going to control possession and be able to attack effectively against Panama. And then the final match, they were just, again, trying to hold on for dear life against Brazil and not really, you know, trying very hard to get forward. So she is a very, very interesting piece in this because of how aggressive Colombia is with their counter pressing and Jamaica does like to play very, very direct. So I could see Jamaica sneaking one in here, but I think over two is, is always quite low with Colombia. I mean, I understand them again. I understand that the score lines and the XG have not manifested out, but if you watch their matches, it is chaos for all 90 minutes. So I do like over two goals at minus one fifteen. The final seeing, match. seeing a plus one twenty five, both teams to score out there. Yeah, that's intriguing to me, just because I, I do agree with you. Like the longer this stays zero zero, the longer the teams are incentivized to keep it zero zero. The minute the first goal goes in, that's when you I think maybe see like the problems both teams have get exposed, so like the other team can fight their way back into this. Yep. So like maybe plus one twenty five, both teams to score. Yeah. Or if you want to chase over over two and a half is plus one sixty. If you want to chase that price, um, right? I can also see one one too, though. That's the thing. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really torn on this game. But like I said, uh, uh, Colombia man, fun to watch. They are fun. I think they probably our fun. most wrong team because we were kind no, of. Oh, we were. Right, yep. And, yep. I mean, I if mean, you had told me Morocco was advancing, I would have told you I would have made Colombia like minus two thousand to not advance. <laughs> If you just told me Morocco advanced into this group, what are Colombia's odds of advancing? I would have said like, yeah, yeah they they didn't advance. They were minus two thousand. They yeah, they, they, must, they stunk yeah. like we all thought. Yeah, and like oh, they advanced with freaking Morocco. What a team! Exactly. Yeah, about those guys. All right. Well, speaking of Morocco, let's get to our final match here. France and Hervé Bernard taking on Morocco here to the round of sixteen. France is sitting at minus six hundred. Morocco is sixteen to one. The draw sitting at seven to one on the 90 minute line. France is minus 1600 to advance Morocco nine to one to advance. I have nothing on this match. I mean, I was happy for our France future that the things kind of broke a little bit better because it looked like they were going to play Germany here in the round of 16. And that was going to ruin everything of what we talked about before the tournament about how France was going to get the second place team in, in group, uh, in group H and, they would have had an easy matchup, but hey, that's how it turned out. They get Morocco here. I like yep. the matchup for them. I mean, I I can't. I don't know if I can stomach another bet on Morocco here, especially against no. the attacking firepower that Spain has had. But I'll let you go first. But I don't hate a look on the under. Yeah, no thanks on the under for me. Uh, France, 
you can you can see a world where France maybe uh, they're attacking production. I've seen all their matches too. Like their attacking production is a little bit. Uh, there's some error in those numbers. They got a couple penalties against Panama, a couple gifts against Panama. Yeah. Scored off a set piece against uh, Brazil to win it late. Looked sluggish against Jamaica. Like I don't think France has found its top gear by any stretch, but uh, they also rested Renard and Le Sommer in that last match and didn't have to play them. Um, and I think it's a huge benefit with Diani and Le Sommer now. This is much more the attacking firepower than South Korea or Colombia have, and this is still a Morocco team that gave up six to Germany. Yeah. So I'm going to just happily pass, watch this match, root on my blues, our yeah. blues, and hopefully we can get maybe a Denmark upset and, and get to the semifinal, which is really all you can hope for. Get to the semis and then win a couple coin flips. Yep. Um, so I don't hate a look on the under here just because of the fact that Morocco, I mean, credit to them for getting to this point. Like they won the XG battle against both Colombia and South Korea like they deserve. They were the better team in both of those matches. They obviously did concede six goals to Germany, but that was only off 2.4 expected goals. So they've only conceded 4.2 expected goals throughout the group stage, which coming into the tournament, you would have said like, yeah, that's not too bad for a team like Morocco, even though they are in this easy group. And France, like you said, like they had a lot of gifts against Panama, but they were inefficient in front of net against both Jamaica and even really Brazil. But France is just this like dominant, slow possession buildup style team. And which... I think it's going to create a very, very low sluggish pace type match with Morocco sitting very deep. I don't see Morocco coming out and pressing them too much. So under three goals is sitting at plus 108 right now is the best price you can find. I I really don't hate that. I think Morocco can keep France out here for at least the first half. I think it'll be very, very, I mean, I think both teams will play very, very conservatively in the first half, similar to what you saw with France uh, and Jamaica, and then France will probably turn it on in the second half. But I, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to kind of figure out France, like you said, like like they haven't hit their top gear yet. Like the, even the match against Brazil wasn't that impressive. I thought uh, they were good against Brazil. But yeah, Brazil had a bunch of chances late that kind of like inflated the XG. They had like two yeah. huge chances, but uh, I thought like on net on net they were the better team for like 70 minutes of that match. Yeah, it's it's just tough. So I'll again, it's only a look on the under. I haven't played it yet. You know, you can follow me in the action work app. Maybe if we get. And we won't, we won't get this, but if it uh, somehow gets to like three and a half at a, at a decent price, maybe I'll play it. But other than that, it's a pass for me. So that'll do it for the round of 16. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. You can tune into all of our other wonderful podcasts. You know, if you're interested in the men's club season, me, Anthony, and our other co-host, Michael Leboff, did an episode breaking down all the futures for the Premier League. We have another episode coming out next week with our good buddy Alon Shapiro from the FML FPL pod, where we did our uh, Premier League point total draft like we did last season. Me and Anthony on Monday, well, I guess it'll be coming out Tuesday. Uh, we'll be going through all the rest of the European leagues and giving on our favorite futures there. We'll be back again for the quarterfinals, uh, I believe on Thursday that will be coming out. And our first match week pod of the season will also be coming out on Thursday where we go through the premier league and the rest of Europe. Busy so week. busy times for wonder goal right now. Um, but it's all a ton of fun because the world's game just keeps on going every single week. So thank you all for listening to wonder goal. Thank you to our sponsors at bet three, six, five, and we'll see you all on the other side and good luck with your wagers.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.